What is good, everybody? Welcome to another Niners Nation Instant Reaction Podcast. I'm Rob Stats Guerrera. Thank you for joining us. And once again, it is a very, very happy recap as the 49ers absolutely embarrass the hapless Arizona Cardinals on Monday Night Football. 38-10 to is the final score. We're going to go over every single thing that happened in the game. Lots to break down. Lots of offensive performances to break down. Of course, we remind you, please rate, review, and follow the Niners Nation Podcast Network. We appreciate all your reviews. We always say if you take the time to leave a review, we will take the time to read it. Going to be joined by Vish Kumar in here any second. I think, actually think he just popped in the stream. There Vish. we go. What's oh, I got to show off the new shirt. Look at that. There you go. If you're watching on the stream, Vish has got his homage shirt. I got my Victory Monday homage shirt. Shout out to homage. Thanks for uh, hooking us up. They have the best 49ers gear on the planet. If you want to find it, it's in the description of this show on YouTube. It'll be in the description on the show notes as well. They have really cool stuff, different stuff that's on NFL.com. They had the awesome starter jackets that came out too. We love homage. I like the new dub, uh, the new gear on you, Vish. Yeah, it's looking good, right? I, I, I got a new different little setup that kind of works too. Uh, I'm back home at my parents' house. Oh, he's in the parents' nice house. Red, I got this nice red uh, background that's, you know, representing. Rob, how about that? How about that? For one game at least, and it's going to be the most homerish thing I've ever said on this show, that's what was supposed to happen. Right. That's how we envisioned it. It was everybody into the pool tonight. Debo Samuel had a touchdown. Brandon Ayuk had two touchdowns. George Kittle had two touchdowns. Jimmy Garoppolo threw four touchdown passes. Christian McCaffrey could not be stopped as a receiver out of the backfield. This is how we thought this offense was supposed to look. And it was beautiful. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go out on a limb, right? I'm gonna say that top to bottom, all three phases of the game, this was the best 49ers performance since 2012 when they had the 300-300 game against Buffalo. Wow, best since in 10 years. Yup, I think this was the best performance. I mean, you look at the other shellackings in the Niners Shanahan era, right? Like the Carolina game, I thought the defense played great. They ran the ball great. I didn't think Garoppolo played that well. I just thought they kicked their ass so much that it didn't matter. <laughs> but I thought he was awesome today. And, Rob, he was awesome today after playing awesome against the Rams. And he's been playing, I mean, since the Denver game? Man. It's interesting as uh, Outlaw, uh, Outlaw Yeti, sorry, 8, watching on my Twitch page, at Stats on Fire, feel free to subscribe, Says, woo, that's a W, and Jimmy did awesome. No interceptions for Jimmy Garoppolo. For the third straight game, that is the first time he has ever done that in his career. Not only that, Vish, once again tonight, we saw Garoppolo off schedule, make a play. His first read wasn't open, and he makes a play to George Kittle, a huge off-schedule play over the middle of the field that George turns around and takes for a touchdown. It wasn't the prettiest throw, but that doesn't matter because it it did it. It got where it needed to go, and that was a big, big play in this game, and I thought Jimmy Garoppolo did very well tonight, especially when his first read wasn't open. He hung tough in there, didn't look quite as nervous as he sometimes does. Yeah, so um, in regards to the Kittle play, I do want to mention one thing. While it wasn't the previous throw, it is a high level of difficulty throw, not really because of where Kittle is, just because he's moving towards the line of scrimmage. Usually your momentum can cause you to overthrow that ball. It's, a really, yep. it's hard to kind of put that right on the spot, and he did. We can talk about Garoppolo, though. But I think what you just mentioned, Rob, is really important, right? He did such a good job of being able to go through his progressions and make good decisions. And why was he able to do that, Rob? The offensive line pitched an absolute shutout. This is as good as an offensive line can play. The pass protection was unbelievable. Garoppolo was sitting back there patting the ball, going from read one to read two to checking the ball down. He was kind of so comfortable the entire game. And that's where, you know, you say the first read isn't there and he gets rattled. I would argue he gets rattled because there's a little bit of pressure. He starts feeling people around him. Today, the offensive line just absolutely shellacked 
the Cardinals defensive line. And this isn't a game, you know, to be honest, Rob, I think the Cardinals defense isn't as bad as they look today. I think they have talent. I think their defensive line can actually rush the passer. I think they give a lot of teams trouble. I just think top to bottom, the Niners just kicked their ass. They just destroyed them. Yeah, the 49ers have not put together 60 straight minutes of good football, and they came as close as ever tonight. The offense didn't really do much in the first quarter. In fact, the biggest play of the first quarter was a phantom face mask that actually never happened, but that is being extremely, extremely nitpicky. Jason PDSI, thank you very much for the super chat on the YouTube page. Uh, Best performance since New Orleans in 2019. Also, this is already my favorite episode of this podcast in my year as a listener. I'm going to assume it's due to me. It has nothing to do with you, Vish. Yeah, uh, I'm going to (laughs) say it's due to you too, Stats. I'm actually a frequent listener to the Niners Nation postgame. I usually don't catch it live, but I usually come on here. Um, oftentimes in losses, Rob, you make me feel a lot better because you just say all the things that I want you to say (laughs) with the passion that I want to say them with. I just can't express it that way. And then, um, in wins like Rob, here we are, it's a win and it it just feels magical. It's great. This is how it should be. It should be this easy with the offensive talent the Niners have. Devin Smith. Thanks for the super chat on the YouTube page. Womack should start. I want to get to the defense. Uh, Womack's made a couple good special teams plays in back-to-back weeks, but Should we, we got to touch on Womack real quick though. No, you know what? To me, I, I, you know, I think he's far from starting the fact that when he came on in this game and they put him at left cornerback and they moved Lenore inside, that tells me right now, Womack is core special teams player. We really like him as a young That's player, great. but he's not near hitting the field at this point. That's okay. Good. Yep. That's look, he's a fifth round draft pick. That's totally fine. But I want to I want to talk about the offense a little more. I love this from J00 watching on the Twitch page. You could actually see the moment the Cardinals gave up. So amazing to see the souls leave their bodies. Yes, you could. You absolutely could see the moment when the Cardinals gave up. And it was when George Kittle caught his second touchdown pass of the game. He catches the ball. He's running down the left sideline. And the Cardinals, Troy Aikman even pointed it out. The Cardinals made no effort to tackle him whatsoever. Not They weren't even trying. It was unbelievable. It was fantastic to see. I'll take it. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's good mm-hmm. for the Niners, but like they were just totally, totally a beaten team at this point. And I actually thought the game swung at the end of the second quarter and into the third quarter. Okay. The Niners get the ball before with uh, four minutes and 19 seconds left in the second quarter. They drive down the field. They get a field goal with Robbie Gold, 39-yard field goal. Yep. They stop the Cardinals. They kill the rest of the half. Nick Bosa gets a nice sack. That he was so tired he couldn't even celebrate, by the way. <laughs> then the Niners get the ball in the third quarter, and I tweeted at halftime, They have to go down the field in the third, have a nice long drive, and score a touchdown because they were on the field. The Niners' defense was on the field for 39 plays in the first half. I thought they needed a little bit of a break. And what do the Niners do? They come right out of the gate, seven runs on an eight-play drive. They go all the way down the field, 75 yards, and Kyle Shanahan goes into his bag and pulls out the 2019 Debo Samuel run And he has the longest touchdown run of his career, 39 yards. They get the touchdown. That made it 24-10, 14-point game, breathing room. And to me, it was over from then on. Yeah, it's funny because the guy on Twitch, uh, by the way, I I didn't know you had such a devoted audience on Twitch stats, but uh, you learn something new every day. Shout out to everybody on Twitch. Thank you. Right. Um, Where can they find you on Twitch? At Stats on Fire, baby. I'm everywhere. You know where to find him. But um, I thought that was actually the point where this game kind of said see you. When Debo Samuel started gaining steam down that left mm. sideline on that end around, I thought that's when it was okay. Like, hey, this isn't our day. Because honestly, it, to me, it didn't feel like that was one of the few Debo big plays. I didn't even feel like he hit top speed. Like he started accelerating. Then he had to de- decelerate a little bit because the blocks were there. But he really right. walked into the end zone. Well, there was a graphic that said that was the fastest he's run all year. So Wait, what? Yeah, there was a graphic after that play got up to like 19.4 miles per hour. And they said it was the fastest he had run all year long. So I, was, I don't know. But 
It was just so nice to see. The 49ers' first two drives, they go three and out, four and out, or three and out again, and then they just couldn't stop scoring. It was Rob, what were you thinking, though? We got to take ourselves back a little bit, all right? I got to know, what was Rob Guerrero saying in his living room when yep. he saw on that third and two, they ran an end around with Debo, or yeah, an end around with Debo Samuel. Yep. He gets tackled out of bounds, no gain. There was a holding penalty. They declined the holding penalty. It was still fourth and one. I know Rob was saying, "Go for it, go for it, go <laughs> for it," and of course they didn't go for it. Mitch Wisniewski, who by the way was just moving the ball anywhere and everywhere today. Yep. I think the altitude, him punting in Utah, he's used to this. He punted exceptionally well. He's punted well all season. He, 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 they played the field position game for a little bit. And then next thing, you know, Rob, good things started to happen. I was not pleased. The first two possessions I tweeted it out. Look, you're always going to get my stream of consciousness on Twitter, seven plays, 19 yards on their first two possessions. That's what they got. Uh But then they, they, you know, it was almost like the reverse. We've seen a lot of games where the Niners defense comes out. They give up a touchdown in the first drive and then they adjust and then they're great for the rest of the game. It was almost like Kyle needed a couple of drives to see what Vance Joseph was going to do. Then he saw it, and then he was like, okay, I got something for you. And then they just kept scoring, just down the field over and over and over again. I think they scored on five straight drives. Yeah, yeah. And it, I, it's funny because I feel like I feel like every time I tweet something, honestly, Rob, I, I, I'm going to just turn into a negative Twitter account. And here's Uh-oh. why. I feel like every time I tweet something that's like borderline, slightly negative, the opposite happens. Good things happen. <laughs> I, I watch those first two drives and I tweet out something I've had in my mind for a while. I've just been afraid to tweet it out. And I say, the Niners offense to me is like a basketball team where all five guys have only a mid-range game. And that's what the Niners offense to me is, where everybody has the same redundant skills. Everybody gets the ball in the same areas. Everybody does the same thing. I tweet that out. Next thing I know, this is the best offensive performance (laughs) of the season, right? Like that stat that you brought up earlier with Jimmy Garoppolo and the three straight interceptions in the game. Not a soul cared about that. In the middle of October sometime, I don't know why. It registered in my head. I tweeted it out. Here we are. He's had three different opportunities to do it this season. He didn't do it the other two times, and he was finally able to do it this week, and he was able to have the three straight games. Like, Rob, I got some, like, jinx kind of thing going on right here. Maybe I should be more negative. Hey, keep it going, man. You have to. You have a responsibility now to do that because it's working, and you don't mess with a streak, Vish. Kevin Dennis on the YouTube page says, this game felt like a zit that we've been trying to pop for three years now. Finally popped. We We've been craving a game to legitimize our expectations. And I really like that last point, right? We've all been saying the 49ers are so talented. Look at all the weapons on offense. Embarrassment of riches. Here come the 49ers. They're the scariest team. Nobody wants to play. This was why. They showed it tonight, right? 38 points on offense. They hold the Cardinals to 10 points. And I get it. I get it. Kyler was out. I understand that. Hollywood Brown was out. Yeah, great. You know what? The 49ers were missing a bunch of starters on defense, too. So I don't want to hear about it. The bottom line is the Niners looked as good as everybody says they can be. And that's a good thing. So it's funny because this is going to sound weird. So I don't think Kyler Murray and Colt McCoy are in the same conversation as quarterbacks. But I think in this particular game, the one way the Chargers could have, or excuse me, not the Chargers, the Cardinals could have won, I thought they were actually better suited with Colt McCoy at quarterback, just because Colt McCoy always plays on time and on schedule, and you can kind of stay ahead of the sticks, and if you can control the Niners' offense and your defense is playing well and you don't let them get a lead, then you don't let their defensive line tee off on you, and you can kind of manage the game and move along. Kyler Murray doesn't really do that. Now, Kyler Murray, now, with the way the game turned out at 24-10, of course, they have a better chance with Kyler Murray because he's just going to start making physically gifted plays at that point that Colt McCoy can't make. But in terms of being able to manage the entire game, I thought they were better off with Colt McCoy, to be honest. And so I I don't really give the Cardinals that excuse because the Niners' defensive line was going to overwhelm them at some point, and they did. Russell Pitts watching on the Facebook page. Keep getting the ball to Kittle. There's no more dynamic tight end in the NFL. I'm looking at you, Kelsey. Well, I mean, Travis Kelsey is coming off a pretty incredible game himself. But yes, use George Kittle. And and this 
uh, brings me to a larger point that I want to make. One of the things I loved about tonight was the 49ers did the thing that they have not been doing that I've been screaming about, which is they attacked the Cardinals where they are weakest with their best players. The Cardinals stink against tight ends and they stink defending running backs, catching passes out of the backfield. And what did the 49ers do? They shoved George Kittle and Christian McCaffrey down their throat, which is exactly what they should have done in the first half. I think they had like seven touches combined. That was way more than anybody else. It was perfect. Yes, Kyle, please more of this. Yeah, absolutely. It wasn't just those two. It was Debo as well. And there, and to me, Rob, there is this thing, right? Because last show, I do feel like we talked a little about, hey, like, it didn't feel like Debo and Kittle were really even a part of the game against the Chargers, and they never really got involved. And today, it felt like it was such a concerted effort to get both of those guys the ball along with Christian McCaffrey. Heck, Elijah Mitchell, who's coming off an amazing game against the Chargers, totally disappeared in this game. But that's okay, because, you know, Christian McCaffrey is a fantastic player. And here's the thing, Rob that um, is interesting to me. It's not anything against Brandon Ayuk, who had a terrific game. He had an excellent catch on the first touchdown. The second touchdown was also a great play. He ran a stick China mm-hmm. route, so it was a great route too. But I think there's just a different level of energy and um, unity and whatever. When Debo Samuel and George Kittle are touching the ball in this offense, there's just a, I think they are able to instill an infectious energy to the rest of this football team that makes everything go in a different type of way. It's not that I don't think Ayuk is a fantastic player. I think he is, but I don't think he has that same intangible effect on the football team when he's playing very well. It's kind of a weird thing to say, right? Because everybody played really well. I don't mean it necessarily as a negative on Ayuk because I think Ayuk's a fantastic player who's having a terrific season. I just mean it as a credit because Debo Samuel and George Kittle make everybody better when they're getting the ball. And you throw in Christian McCaffrey to that mix and that trio, when they're going like this, it feels like the Niners are unstoppable because it feels like they're instilling confidence that makes the rest of the team feel unstoppable. Yeah, I agree. They do get like just a spark from Kittle and Debo. Debo, seven catches, 57 yards in the game. Kittle had four catches for 87 yards, two touchdowns, and I loved it. The Cardinals were 29th in yards per target to tight ends and 32nd in success rate allowed to tight ends. If there was ever going to be a George Kittle game, this was going to be it. And it was nice to see uh, Matthew Canalora. Thank you for the super chat. Points out, rightly so, talk about the 49ers, 4-0 in the NFC West. This was a huge game for them, Vish, in terms of not only the West, but also the NFC in general. Now the Niners are tied with the Seahawks atop the NFC West. But remember, they beat Seattle in week two. So the Niners have the tiebreaker first place in the NFC West and three seed in the NFC. NFC Now, because they're first in the West, they go to three. If they had lost this game, they would have been out of the playoffs. Believe it or not, they would have gone to eighth in the NFC. So this was a must have game for the 49ers and they had it and they had a two score game for basically the entire second half. And it was just like so nice to not live in fear of a turnover. One turnover was not going to wreck the whole game. It was awesome. It's funny to hear you say that. Um, I actually think the second part of what you said is the most important point because it, it reiterates how important this division win is. Because right yep. now, if you're the 49ers, winning the division is number one priority. It always is. But I think especially this season – given that they have those two bad losses to Chicago and Atlanta, who are both kind of hanging around that seventh seed in the AFC, in the NFC, excuse me. They still have to play New Orleans, who's also lingering somewhere near that conversation. Um, it, they're way better off not having to deal with, especially with how good the NFC West is playing and how, NFC East, excuse me, I'm having Freudian slip after Freudian slip, <laughs> but how good the NFC East is playing. You don't want to be caught in that game of, just kind of trying to, you know, eke into the playoffs in the wild card because there's so many variables outside of your control. Winning this division, especially this year, is so important given how weak it is. Like Arizona's not a Arizona's a mid-tier football team. The Rams are horrible. And then Seattle's okay. So I, I don't think there's ever been a season with more urgency to honestly win the division, given that the NFC East looks like they're gonna send all four teams there. Um, totally agree. 
So I, I think because of that, there's a little bit more urgency into winning this division. And that's why, you know, any division win is valuable. But to go out and, I mean, Rob, they are whooping the teams in their division. They whoop Seattle week two. They whooped the Rams both times they played them. And now they yep. absolutely demolished Arizona. That's true. It has not even been close. And they were, they only had two wins in the entire division last year. And it were the Rams games. So that has not been the case. Kyle was 500 against the division over the last three years going into this season. It was an area that they needed to improve on and they absolutely did. I loved it. Uh, I just saw a question in the chat, which now of course I can't find because there are so many people commenting, which I appreciate. Okay. Here it is from Nick Eller. How different would this team be? If Elijah Mitchell never got hurt, do they trade for Christian McCaffrey? I don't know, but here's what I do know. Vish. He has been a crucial part of this little surge that they are on right now. Yeah. So I think this is actually a very great question because I think there's so many layers to it. I think you're absolutely right. Elijah Mitchell is a crucial part of this team. Now, I don't know, especially given how the season went, and I didn't think Jeff Wilson necessarily played poorly. He had the fumble against Atlanta and the fumble at Denver, which were two negative plays yep. that really affected the outcome of both of those games. The Denver fumble ultimately preventing an opportunity for the 49ers to go down and try to kick a field goal to tie that football game that they lost 12-9. They had about 40 seconds left on the clock, so they had a chance. And then, of course, the Atlanta fumble was returned for a touchdown. So he gave up. It was a turnover that gave up points. But And I think Mitchell is probably a better back than Wilson, especially he's just got more juice. He's just faster. I, I think at this point he's also just – a little bit um, stronger in terms of being able to break tackles and things like that than Wilson. Not that Wilson isn't a good player. I think he is. Wilson's just a dude. Yes. And to get a fifth round pick for him, by the way. Uh, Great. We, Rob, I do want to have a John Lynch executive of the year type conversation. Uh, not tonight. <laughs> not tonight. No. Are we going to Charvarius Ward, Christian McCaffrey, getting the Debo deal done, the Omenahue trade last year. That was signing Sean Gibson. Good. Yep. True. Can we keep going down the list? Aaron I think, Banks, we, I think we covered it. Yeah. No, you're, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. And Charvarius Ward was great tonight. Great tackling, like amazingly good. I want to get to the defense in a second, but John Veen hit us up with the super chat. Thank you very much. So is 49ers Dolphins going to be flexed into Sunday night? Um, when is the deadline for that, though? Because it's coming up, and I, I don't know. I can't remember off the top of my head. I apologize because I know that they, they have to do it so far in advance. They can't just, like, spring it on you like, hey, you're playing on Sunday night. And I think it's coming up soon, and I don't know if the league is going to do that, but I would love to see that in Sunday night. Uh, No, I don't think it will be. I don't think it will be either. Because next week, next week, the game on Sunday night is Patriots-Vikings. Oh They're God, please. They should, out. they should flex that out. Give me a break with it. Why do we want to see the Patriots with Tom Brady gone? They suck. They suck. They're they scored 10 four, points man. last week against the they're Jets. Four. Their defense has given up seven points in three weeks. Yeah. They're boring. Or less than seven watch. points for the last three weeks. They are boring to watch. Who wants to see the friggin' Oh, and Kirk Cousins in prime time. Yeah. I'm sure that'll be fantastic. Give me a break. Give me Kyle you know, Shanahan. You know what's going to happen, Rob? I I mean, obviously, we shouldn't be talking about that, but it's going to be really funny because the Vikings are going to lose that game to New England. New England's going to be 7-4, and four, and, you know, maybe the Dolphins and the Bills have a little slip up. New England's going to be leading the AFC West East. Just like last year, we're going to have a small week where everybody's going to go back to Bill Belichick, genius, whatever. New England will revert to being New England and finish the season like 10-7, and seven, make the wild card, and lose the first round of the wild card because that's what their team is built to do. Um, the Vikings will expose themselves for once and for all for everybody to know that, you know, seven wins in one possession games with Kirk Cousins as your Kirk Cousins as your quarterback is not a sustainable thing to be looked at as one of the top teams in the NFL. And uh, hopefully the Niners beat the Dolphins and we're talking about them as the best team in the NFC. Wait, aren't the Vikings playing on Thanksgiving? Yeah, the Vikings are playing on Thanksgiving next week. They're on Thursday. Sunday night football. Oh, Sunday is night is Eagles. Packers, oh, Packers Eagles. Excuse me. Yeah. I forgot that the night Thursday game gets put on NBC. That's my mistake. I'm having mistake after mistake because I also just realized that, you know, the Broncos beat the Niners 11 to 10. And here I was talking about a 12 to 9 score. 
<laughs> Thank you, Wano, uh, who pointed that out to me in the, in the uh, chat. So I appreciate that. We always appreciate your uh, corrections. You're the only thing related to the 49ers, by the way, Vish, that wasn't perfect tonight. Uh, let's yeah, see. Kevin Dennis much. says. I, I'm way better after losses, Rob. I feel like I can think rationally. <laughs> after wins, I'm just enjoying, yeah. you know, the victory and. Kevin points out that the week the Niners play Miami, Dallas is on Sunday Night Football. Now, it's against the Colts, but Dallas has been flexed. Dallas and San Francisco got flexed out of prime time recently. So it has happened, but you're right. that Jerry usually won't. Uh, they, they usually do get good ratings. All right, let's talk about the defense a little bit because it's going to go totally unnoticed, Vish, but the 49ers have not allowed a point in the second half for the third straight week and again you can say what you want about Colt McCoy you can say what you want whatever man zero points it's never been easier to get points and yards in professional football than it is in 2022 and nobody's gotten any points off D'Amico Ryans and his unit in the second half for three weeks for almost a month and yeah and they're doing it right I mean the strength of this team is the defensive line right now the depth of the defensive line is getting tested to the depths and it doesn't look like it's slowing down. Every new body they put in there is playing good. And then does Nick Bosa have bad games, Rob? Have you ever seen Nick Bosa no. not have a game where he doesn't play great? And he got a bogus penalty, too, roughing the passer penalty tonight, where he, he was pulling up and just bumped into Colt McCoy. And because Nick Bosa is a friggin' chiseled god, Colt McCoy got whacked and went down. But, like, Bosa wasn't even trying to hit him. But... Got a sack again tonight, Nick Bosa. He's a freak. Three the quarterback whole hits. The whole defense is freaks, man. It was unbelievable, and it, that's going to go totally unnoticed. Yeah. No points in second half for three straight weeks. It's such an I obscene mean, statistic. It's crazy. And then Fred Green, Fred Warner and Dre Greenlaw are flying around, taking anybody and everybody's heads off. Hufanga's flying around. Oh, um, man. Sean Gibson's playing good. I mean, it's just... Rob, this defense, there were some questions about it over the Chiefs week. I never understood why people doubted that this was one of the best defenses in the sport. Besides that one week, they have been top to bottom, the best defense in the NFL um, from start to finish so far this year. They've consistently been outstanding. I think the talk this week is going to be about the offense because the offense hasn't had a performance like this. But like you mentioned, right now what the defense is doing is is historic. And I, I don't think it's getting enough credit because of the number of different guys that they've had to play to. That's what's the most impressive thing to me. The fact that they haven't been all that healthy. They've been having guys get banged up in the middle of games. They've had guys have to come in for a couple plays, then get replaced. And they go through all of this in the game. And it doesn't matter because opposing offenses just go three and out, three and out, three and out, three and out, Nick Bosa sack, three and out, three and out, Nick Bosa sack, three and out, turnover. <laughs> uh, Patrick watching on the Facebook page says, Hufanga almost had another interception. Glad to see Jimmy Ward join in and make a play. Yeah, Jimmy Ward, congratulations. Nice to see you get an interception. Uh, Hufanga has a play every game, Vish, at least one where he times the snap perfectly and he F's the play up. He might not get the tackle, but he totally destroys the play. Somebody else does it. In this case, it was Warner, I think, led to a sack on Colt McCoy. Hufanga is awesome. Yeah. And he's, he's what we talked about with Debo and Kittle, right? He's infectious energy that when he's running around, he's hitting everything that moves. It feels like everybody believes they can hit everything that can move. He's just <laughs> the guy that just brings everybody's energy up. He brings energy to the stadium. I mean, first of all, Rob, that stadium was popping. Oh, my God. They said 82% Niners fans. It felt like 92%. There were <laughs> chance of defense when the Niners defense was on the field, like clear chance it was like eighty six thousand people something like that or 79,000 I can't remember the exact number it was totally 49ers Colt McCoy was using silent count a whole bunch in that game unbelievable I want to get to this comment too because I forgot about this and Kent's right watching on the Facebook page the turning point was when DeAndre Hopkins got that unsportsmanlike penalty that actually was a big penalty in the game because the Cardinals had gotten a first down and unfortunately for them, DeAndre Hopkins gets up after making the catch and he points to, there were two guys, I can't remember who it was, but I saw him immediately when it happened and I tweeted out, that's taunting. He pointed to both guys that tried to tackle him on the ground. The ref was right there. 
They throw the flag that bumps the Cardinals back 15 yards. They were going to be on the 50. Instead, they got, or they were going to be on the, uh, let's see, it was a 10 yard play. They're going to be on the 40. It bumped them back to their own 45. James Conner got stopped. And then Jimmy Ward made the interception. That he probably doesn't. Jimmy Ward, I thought, because I thought was I it Ward? the irony of Jimmy Ward then getting the interception off of um, James Conner. Yeah. But here's the extra funny thing about him taunting Jimmy Ward. Do you remember in 2018, uh, before that second preseason game against Houston and the 49ers, they had the joint practices. This was when Billy O'Brien was still coaching Houston. And okay. Jimmy Ward and DeAndre Hopkins got kicked out of a practice for fighting, fighting each other. Because at that point, remember, Jimmy Ward was going to be their starting cornerback on the outside because they were going to start Adrian Colbert at free safety next to Jaquaski Tart. And so I think it's extra funny that, you know, we come full circle and <laughs> here they are. They're going up against each other. DeAndre Hopkins taunts him. And then two plays later, Jimmy Ward gets an interception. And then three plays after that is the is the big Garoppolo play to Kittle, and the Niners go up fourteen to three at that point. And uh, Javi Vega, shout out to you, Javi, watching uh, on the YouTube page. DeAndre Hopkins nine for ninety one, and the Cards put up ten points, mostly useless ninety one yards ever. I mean, that was their whole offense. It was pass to DeAndre Hopkins and screen passes. Hey, and hey, that's hey, it. hey, have some respect for Greg Dortch. Yeah, great. Have some Greg respect Dorch. for Greg Dortch stats. This defense is absolutely on fire, and the Niners have been on fire in the second half. They have outscored opponents 53-0 to zero in the last three games just in the second half. And we kind of talked about it last week, how Kyle is putting that narrative to bed that when they're trailing at halftime, he can't come back and win. He's been doing that lately. And this was the first time in five weeks, Vish, that they didn't trail going into halftime. It was actually uh, the second most points they've put up before half all year with 17. Yeah. And it's funny to me because he brought up that narrative too in one of his press conferences. He tried mm. to brush it off like he didn't know what he was talking about, but it was so oddly specific that he brought it up that you knew he knew exactly what it was talking about, right? He talked about in one of those press conferences. I think it was after the Chargers game um, because they were trailing in the second half or after the first half against the Chargers, right? It was a rough first half. And then, of course, they turned it around and then, they use that momentum to do this, which, by the way, outstanding win. But um, going back, he brought up, he was like, oh, I think there was some stat that, you know, said that we're not very good in that situation. And so we wanted to, he didn't bring it up in like a negative way, but he brought it up. And I say all of that to say stats. I feel like every narrative that like gets brought up over a week, because the greatest thing about Niners fans is that we find something to talk about, discuss, <laughs> analyze to the T, and have a conversation about so that we can pass the hard days for everybody between Monday and Saturday until you get to another NFL Sunday. We find a way to kill that time so much better than any other fan base. And I feel like every time we bring up something, we think we found something in a stat, it's like the Niners listen to it, they internalize it and they give you the big old double bird F you. We're not what that stat says. And it feels like what we're doing. And Rob, I've been waiting to bring this up with you since the inception of this show. I've Ooh. been waiting to be in this moment. Kyle Shanahan is finally above 500 as the head coach of the 49ers. I feel like all my belief, all of this, it's come to this moment. He's finally above 500. Rob, you said that the conversation about him being a good coach, we can't have it when he's below 500. Are we here now? Are we here? Finally? No. Are we here? No. No. Come on now. We Look, we're getting there, we're getting but there. we're getting there. Let's getting just say there. that. Uh, this is a good tweet from Nick Wagoner. 49ers offense before the Christian McCaffrey trade, 20.3 points per game, 340 yards per game and a 41% third down conversion rate. After the Christian McCaffrey trade, they're averaging 28 and a half points per game, almost 400 yards per game, and converting third downs at 55%. That is obviously way better. And look, that's the plan when you get this guy, right? That's what you envisioned happening. And like I said to start the show, that's how they drew it up. And for one night, it happened. Speaking of the third downs, right? Garoppolo has been outstanding yes he has down. he's been terrific it this he was very good on third down in 2019 um 
there were a few plays I thought on third down in 2019 that were a little reckless from him that maybe he got away from. I think this is a little bit more impressive what he's doing right now because it feels like he's in total command and control. And it feels like every ball he's throwing right now is fairly accurate. He had a couple that got away from him today. Um, he nearly had Debo Samuel's head taken off on one of them. Come George on, Kittle also took yep. a massive shot from Isaiah Simmons very early in the game. But besides those, I mean, Man, he played terrific. I mean, you put up the stats, right? 20 of 29, 228 yards, four touchdowns. This is the third time he's thrown for four touchdowns against the Cardinals in his career. Uh, pretty impressive. I mean, the counting numbers right now for Garoppolo look pretty freaking good, Rob. If you look at the entirety of this season, he's having himself a year. And I, I tweeted um, half joking. I didn't expect the tweet to really blow up, but it, it's blown up i said the jets jimmy g is gonna get a lot of money from the jets he might uh, next offseason if he's not back in san francisco and let's be <laughs> right. honest all options are on the table at that point but he has been good he's been good on third down he's been good in third and long the niners are completing uh converting rather i think it's 45 percent of third and tens or longer which is number the best one in the, in the league, league right yeah, yeah. That's unbelievable. That's obviously credit to Jimmy Garoppolo. It's credit to Kyle Shanahan. It's credit to all of that. Uh, you were talking about the offensive line earlier. The Cardinals pressured Garoppolo on five of 29 dropbacks. That's 17%. That is the lowest rate given up by the Niners offensive line this season. So shout out to them. And shout out to Jake Brendel, by the way, who on Debo's touchdown run is 40 yards down the field blocking people. And he's the center. Hell yeah, yeah Jake Brendel. Also, shout out to Trent Williams. He had a play. It was an early toss to Christian McCaffrey that I thought yarder. had been added to his Hall of Fame reel. First of all, <laughs> I've never – first of all, here's one thing I want to say, Rob. I got to get this off my chest. All right. There's no way that me and Trent Williams are the same species. There's no way. <laughs> There's no way that he and I are the same species. There's no way. He's from a different planet from me because there's no way God could make me like this and then give him all of that. But that's just how it is. I mean, the way he moves is unreal to watch. And I watch it every week and it still blows me away. He had a play on that toss to McCaffrey. And I wanted to shout it out because it's one of the best, more impressive. I mean, he has a couple plays like this every week. Um, but And I feel like we don't shout it out as much. But he basically, he gets out to the edge and he blocks two people who are five yards away from each other. Yep. He knocks them both to the ground. And then he runs with Christian McCaffrey for 10 yards. Unreal yeah. football player. I literally wrote that down. McCaffrey or uh, Williams blocks two people. And I think they shouted it out in the broadcast as well. Yes. I mean, he's a freak, man. The question you should be asking is, what do we do if his planet decides to send more? We sign him. We hope the 49ers <laughs> get signed. Him. I think they already have one. I'm pretty sure Nick Bosa's from that same planet too. Can they send one that's like five to ten years younger? Just because you know, not nothing against Trent, but he is getting a little long in the tooth. So I'd like to restart that clock if we could. Um, mildly Cyrus watching on my Twitch page. How much is Jimmy G's success due to having Christian McCaffrey as a safety blanket? Seems much more comfortable checking down. I agree, Vish. I think if you go back and look, I bet you you would see a marked decline in turnover-worthy throws since Christian McCaffrey arrived because Jimmy checks it down to him. I mean, yeah. I mean, since Christian McCaffrey has arrived, we've seen the four games. The Chiefs game was terrible. And then here we are, the three straight games of him not throwing an interception against the Rams, the Chargers, and the um Cardinals today so I, I'm sure that stat is exactly that and in fact I can't remember a turnover worthy play today I don't remember a turnover worthy play against the Chargers and then against the Rams he had the one to Jalen Ramsey that I didn't really think like I thought that was just a good play Jalen Ramsey's blitzing he's flicking it out Jalen Ramsey times it perfectly and jumps and gets two hands on the ball I thought that was a great play by Jalen Ramsey a tough spot for the quarterback but yeah I think I don't know what the stat is. I mean, you are called stats. Uh, so I would think you would have the stat, but um, I definitely would agree with you there. There's been no doubt about it. I don't know if it's necessarily Christian McCaffrey as the safety blanket, because I feel like in general, he just looks more confident being able to progress. And maybe it is Christian McCaffrey, but I feel like some of these plays aren't even like Christian McCaffrey isn't even a part of these plays where he just looks more comfortable comfortable going from 
one to two and being able to settle in and throw. And, you know, there's somebody pressuring him. Let me run out of the pocket and try to make a play or let me just try to run for this first down. Everything he's doing to me looks way more decisive right now. Maybe that's a Christian McCaffrey effect. I don't know. Or maybe he's finally comfortable in this offense. Five years it took. Maybe <laughs> it only took a half a decade. There. Right. Uh, I, I think Andre nailed it. He said the checkdowns are great before Christian McCaffrey. Many of those checkdowns would be Jimmy sacked. I think yes. it's helped just avoid the negative plays. Even the checkdowns to McCaffrey, even if they don't gain a ton of yards, they keep you in the positive direction. And some of those plays, friggin' McCaffrey just breaks two tackles and gains, you know, four or five yards, which is incredible. Uh, I like this comment from Jesse on the YouTube page. Hey, Rob, no complaining about going for it on fourth down today. That has to be great, right? Much love. I love this reaction show. Yeah, turns out when you score touchdowns, it doesn't matter. You don't have to gamble on fourth down because you're kicking the tar out of the opponent. Yeah, and you, you I think we do need to repeat that, right? Because we harped last Monday. You and I harped on the lack of red zone offense. Yep. They were clinical in, in, in the red zone when they got there today, which was very impressive. And, I mean, again, it's just there's something about Garoppolo on third down right now that it's just feeling automatic. And it, it's like weird to say that because. Okay. I don't feel I that was, way. <laughs> I thought, Rob, I thought I was so sure of, you know, where Garoppolo was. And, you know, I felt like I had enough of a sample size to be sure um, where his career kind of is and what kind of a quarterback he is. And right now I feel like we're seeing something new. I feel like we're seeing a level of just control that we have not seen. He does not look like the same reckless player to me. And it might just be a two-week thing right now, Rob, but I haven't even seen a one-quarter stretch where this recklessness hasn't been there in him over the last four years. And now we're in a eight-quarter stretch where it feels like he's played so under control, so within himself. And look, they won 38-10. to 10. It's it's our day to, you know, it's right after the game. We're on the highest of highs to have a little bit of an overreaction, all of that. I think with this version of Jimmy Garoppolo, and I didn't think, Jim, also, the reason this is important and profound to me is because I didn't think that the 49ers could win a Super Bowl with Jimmy Garoppolo, just the level of quarterback he is. I think if he plays like this, I think they can. Well, just not turning the ball over was massive, right? It's yes. massive yes. for him because the Niners are going to move the ball. So even if they don't score, they generally control field position. And with this defense, just doing that, even if you took away some of the off-schedule plays that Jimmy has made, uh, that is a massive, massive win for the 49ers. Coming into this season, they were like minus 42 in turnover differential in the Kyle Shanahan era, something like that in the 40s. It was minus 40-something. I can't remember off the top of my head. Think about that. Uh Think about how many more turnovers that is and what that does to your offense. And they have not done that this year. I mean, heck, they weren't even in the, in the plus for the turnover differential last week against the Chargers. Right. Jeez. Uh, Bender Rodriguez, uh, watching on the Twitch page, Jimmy G creating out of structure is very new. He has made some big plays in recent weeks, off schedule, rolling out the play to Kittle that we talked about earlier, outside of structure. That's what you wanted, right? And, and, I said this from the beginning, and I'm still, for the record, if you want to put me on a side, I'm still on the Trey Lance side. But what I have said from the beginning is, I want good quarterback play. I don't care who it comes uh -huh. from. And right now, you're getting good quarterback play from Jimmy mm -hmm. Garoppolo, 100%. Mm -hmm. I absolutely agree, right? And I think, I think that's the thing. Like, a lot of people think, oh, you're a Jimmy Garoppolo hater. No, I just comment on what I see and what I, what I think is happening. When he plays well, I say he plays well. When he plays poorly, I say he plays poorly. At this moment, I think he's playing good football. In fact, I think he's playing pretty good, very good football. Like, And Jordan Elliott, splash underscore cousin, uh, fellow Niner Nation peer of ours, had a tweet today where he asked, where do you think Garoppolo would rank in, in, in the NFL in terms of starting quarterbacks based solely on this year? And he said, I think, you know, he would be somewhere near the top 10. I don't know if I would go to top 10. But for the first time, I think since 2019, when all I was consumed by was the homerism of wanting Jimmy Garoppolo to be a top 15 quarterback, <laughs> even though my brain told me he wasn't. Right. He is hands down a top 15 quarterback this year. And I would say he's closer to 10 than he is to 15, as Jordan said, which 
is good. It's very good, in fact. It's well, he yeah. should be. When you have Debo and Kittle and Ayuk and CMC and Kyle Shanahan, you freaking better be, man. But I agree. Yeah. I agree. He has been. He has been. Uh, Fugazi56 watching on Twitch. How much credit does Brian Greasy get for Jimmy Garoppolo's improvements? I've actually seen a bunch of people asking that question tonight. I don't know. I know that Jimmy has talked about it multiple times, how he likes to have a quarterback coach that sees the game like a quarterback, which is obviously something that uh, previous quarterback coaches, cough, cough, Rich Scangarello, maybe weren't able to do. I don't know. How much credit do you give Greasy? It's hard. We're not in that building. We don't know what Greasy's exact contributions to what Garoppolo is doing is. Is Greasy, you know, made all has all have they altered the pass game slightly? Have they altered the way they read out certain concepts or the way they time up certain things with Garoppolo's feet? We don't know those kinds of details. Like I understand, it's like when things happen, we want to try and give credit to places that you know they're doing. We we aren't exactly sure. I, I, I like, I don't know if this Garopp, I don't know if this is just a situation of Garoppolo is so free because he knows that he's going to get, he's on a contract year for the first time. He's, you know, playing with a little bit of pressure, all of that. And he's just kind of going and winging it with house money. I don't know <laughs> if it's all of that. Like there's so many different variables. Um, I, it's just really hard for me to pinpoint. Well, does greasy, deserve credit all i can say is i think this is by far the best stretch of garoppolo's career in terms of how he's played i was very hesitant to say that even though he had moments that he was playing well earlier in the season i feel like i can more confidently say that now uh and i get and brian greasy deserves credit for that now how much is he the one who changed him all of that i don't know George Kittle called Jimmy Garoppolo, Himmy Garoppolo on the post game. Okay. Nice. <laughs> Which nice. I feel like he got that from Leo Luna and Jason Aponte. Personally, yes. that's the first place I heard it was on the Oh Hey There podcast. They um, call him Himothy too. Himothy. Um, Kyle Shanahan. I, I'm seeing somebody on Twitch pointed out mildly. Cyrus said no injuries, which would be the third straight game. Vish that this Niners team walks away with no injuries. And I wouldn't say no injuries because I saw Charvarius Ward get banged up. He had a groin injury. But if there's nothing major, I mean, Ward did finish the game. So hopefully that is true. That is massive, massive, massive because the Niners are coming up to a stretch in their schedule after this New Orleans game where things are going to get very difficult. Rob, this is crazy to me. I haven't commented on the injuries for a couple years Besides saying that they're a problem, I do a video, you know, when they're the most injured team in the NFL halfway yep. through this season, trying to compare them to the Eagles. Jaquaski Tart talks about that. Next thing you know, they go three weeks without an injury. Rob, there's something. I'm a jinx. I got it. <laughs> I, I, I have to do something here that, you know, keeps this going. I have, I have to find do some it. more statistics here that, you know, are maybe negative towards the 49ers because right now I'm jinxing things in the right direction. And that's all I want to do. I told you, man, you gotta do what you got. You have to take one for the team. I mean, come on, you don't mess with a winning streak fish. And if they lose, I'm going to go check your Twitter feed. If I don't see anything negative, we're going to have a big problem. <laughs> big problem. Just letting you know. Don't worry. Don't worry, Rob. I'll, I'll, I'll come up with something for this week. I'll make sure that, you know, I have something. I, it's hard to be negative after a 38 to 10 win when you obliterate whatever team you play in every facet of the game. But I will come up with something because right now the 49ers need me to be negative. <laughs> Kyle Posey. Well, actually, I don't know if it was Kyle Posey. Good tweet from the Niners Nation account at Niners Nation on Twitter. Somebody needs to ask Kyle Shanahan how he scored 38 points when his left tackle is constantly tipping the plays. <laughs> That's well done. Hey, hey, shout out to Jesse Naylor, though. That thing went viral, and he had Troy Aikman pointing it out on the Monday Night Football broadcast. How cool is that? Well, let me just say this, because I know some people got a pretty high and mighty, like, oh, don't, don't fall for it. You, real people that knew about football. I have no problem with somebody watching the games and saying, hey, I noticed this is happening. Mm -hmm. Is this important? Yes or no. I have no problem with that. Part of, of what you should want is to be educated as a fan. Yeah. So 
it's I'm totally cool with people bringing it up. Then you listen to offensive linemen. You listen to defensive linemen. I talked with Mike Golick, who played defensive line in the league for nine years. He told me you could absolutely tell things by an offensive lineman stance, just like offensive linemen can tell things from a D lineman stance yeah. sometimes. So I have no learning about that stuff is fine, but I feel like once you get sort of an overwhelming response one way or the other, you, you kind of, I feel like you can kind of figure out how big of a deal it is. And then you just move on with your life. And I guess there were some people that didn't really want to move on or whatever, but I have no problem with it being brought up. Right. And my, my thing is it's, it was a great observation um, by, you know, all the different people that observed it, but ultimately by Jesse for creating that video, it was an incredible observation. I thought it created a lot of valuable discourse about football. The one thing I did want to mention about it, and this is where um, I just feel like people aren't aware. The thing with tipping and all of this, it occurs in every football game. Like you see so many different things that have so many different tells, but do you know how hard it is to actually get 11 people to execute to stop what the other person is doing? Like I could tell you based on certain splits, the way the Niners line up and all of that, like, Oh, this might be coming and all of that, but that's just because I watch a lot of them, but I don't watch anywhere near as much as the people who actually do this for a profession. So of course they know these kinds of things. Right. But to actually execute, have everybody do their job, have everybody be on top of their keys, that's a totally different story. In fact, Shanahan always talks about this. Every pass concept that teams run has been run before. A lot of this stuff is just mix and matching. It's more about, well, okay, I want to run this concept. How do I make this concept favorable for my guys against the defense they're running? You know, a lot of these teams too, like Shanahan knows in the low red zone, Vance Joseph is going to, on third down, he's going to have these blitzes. Right. He's going to run. If, he, if they line up with these kinds of fronts, they're going to play these kinds of coverage. They have research. They know all of it. But to get to execute and actually to go win the football game is a totally different story. I just thought it was just a little bit of a lack of awareness because sometimes the way football gets portrayed with the CIA, Bill Belichick, don't tell right. the media anything mindset. It's like almost like, you know, one team is, you know, over here running the West Coast offense. The other team over here is running the wishbone and they both don't know what the other team runs. And they come into the game and they're like, it's like a game of chess. No, it's not really like that. These teams study so much, gather so much data. They kind of know how teams are going to attack them and how they're going to attack teams. It just comes down to who can get all 11 players to execute better. And that goes into talent, coaching, everything like that especially in the division, right? The division yeah. teams are going to like, these games are not secret. <laughs> People sometimes freak out about that stuff. Uh, one more thing I wanted to mention about Jimmy Garoppolo. Um, Vance Joseph, you know, I love listening to these games for what their yep. little comments about what they tell the production crew. Vance Joseph, the cards defensive coordinator told the ESPN production crew that they wanted to Jimmy Garoppolo to be the reason that the 49ers won the game. And I don't want to say it was Jimmy Garoppolo all by himself, but Jimmy Garoppolo was a huge, huge, huge reason that they won this game. And to me, nothing is more impressive to me than when the defense goes into the game and says, we're going to do everything we can to put it on your shoulders and you go out and you deliver, you get major flowers for me. So I wanted to give Jimmy credit for that. 100%. And I feel like, you know, especially the last three games, a lot of his production, I don't feel, is just a byproduct of the run game or a byproduct of Shanahan scheming up a layup completion in um, in terms of, you know, play action. Somebody's wide open over the middle of the field. It's a layup throw. 10 out of 10, oh, you know, 32 out of 32 starting quarterbacks are going to nail that throw. Now, they do scheme up a lot of easy throws. They do set the game up for him really nicely. But I also think he's dropping back and he's making good decisions. He's... To me, this offense is actually moving the football, you know, behind him. I've never seen him be in this much command, I feel like, of everything that's going on. And like you said, I think there's two testaments I want to share to Garoppolo. The first one is what you said, right? Put the game on Garoppolo, and he still played great. He yep. still played great. The other thing is, look, he had a tough offseason. He was in trade talks. He was rehabbing his shoulder. He didn't know where he was going to play. Nobody seemingly wanted him. He didn't know how much money he was going to make. And he had to go through all of this, sign with the 49ers, go through the embarrassment of being with the Niners, having to warm up, everybody taking pictures of him like he's a zoo animal. Then it goes to practice. He leaves the field. He magically disappears, go home. Now he's on the roster. All of this happens, right? 
Boo-hoo. And now he's starting week two. Rob, going through all of that the way he's playing right now, to me, that's impressive. It's his own fault that he went through all of that, Vish. I'm not shedding any tears for Jimmy Garoppolo. If he was playing better before this, he never would have had to go through all that. The only reason he had to go through that was because he wasn't. Now he's playing. He's He played great last night, but I'm not shedding any tears for him. Flint watching oh. on the YouTube page says, I have been so critical of Jimmy and Kyle to this point, but I could not be happier with both right now. It was a good night for everybody. And, and I'm not going to make the joke. I didn't make it, but everybody on Twitter was saying it. Oh, it's so good that a bird's going to get cooked this week because the 49ers just killed the Cardinals. You know, Steve Young said it on KMBR. Steve Young said it on KMBR this week. Everybody we play, we're going to kill their season, right? We're killing the Rams season. We killed the Cardinals season. Who's up next? The Saints? Okay, we're, let's go. We're going to end your season. We'll put the nail in that coffin. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Definitely, Rob. I mean, Rob, 38 to 10, offense great, special teams great, defense great. Is this not the best show we've ever had? that's the happiest show and for all the people that say i'm negative i haven't said a negative word about the 49ers tonight go listen to this show i always say when the team plays well i say they play well i'm positive i want to be positive i want good things to happen and they did tonight it was great tonight home run by everybody and you know what the best part is the best part is we get to just sit back now tomorrow is gonna be awesome because everybody's going to say nothing but nice stuff about the 49ers. I'm going to be on Up and Adams with Kay Adams tomorrow at 8.05 Pacific. If anybody wants to watch that, I am going to have nothing but good things to say about this team. They crushed it tonight. And it was kind of a statement game, Vish, to the rest of the NFC. And I know they played the Cardinals, and it's not as good as the Cowboys beating the Vikings, and I get that. But we've been talking about the Niners like they're the big bad wolf. And guess what? Tonight they huffed and puffed and blew the Cardinals house down. And I think for them, and Dallas was the other team that had a statement this weekend. I thought it was kind of the perfect time, right? Because it feels like Philadelphia for the first time in their season has hit a little bit of an adversity mark. The Niners had their adversity mark earlier in the season. Dallas had to go through it without their starting quarterback for an extended period of time. So it looks like Philadelphia hit their adversity mark. And, you know, Minnesota's luck. You know, as Mike Florio calls it, and Chris Sims, they say it's a shamrock up their ass. Minnesota does no longer. I don't think Minnesota is going to have a shamrock up their ass for as much longer this season. And it was a perfect time for the Niners. I mean, Dallas did it too, but it was a perfect time for the Niners to go on national TV and let everybody know, like, we are as good as our talent says. I know everybody fears us because of what our roster is. Now you should fear us because of how we're playing on Sundays and Mondays. And Thursdays. Michael Martin Murphy on the Facebook page. My only complaint tonight, we didn't score 40 points. You know what? Yeah, that's that'll be my complaint on Up and Adams tomorrow. Why the hell couldn't they score 40 points? I mean, if that's our complaint every week, things are going pretty, pretty well. well. I mean, they did put Baby Bosa in the game pretty early. Baby Bosa? Yeah, did you not hear that, Rob? No, what are you talking about? Apparently, Brock Purdy's nickname on the 49ers is Baby Bosa because of how big his legs are. I did not know that, but you know what? Is that not funny? Okay. I mean, yeah, there's a lot of hilarious, Rob. You're killing me right now by not laughing at it. There's a lot of Brock Purdy love, like a lot of Brock Purdy love. I always like everybody's always like, oh, that Kyle really likes him. And like everybody loves this dude. Did you hear the broadcast tidbit? Oh, no. Kyle Shanahan told Joe Buck and Troy Aikman he's never been more excited for a third string quarterback to play than if Brock Purdy got a chance to play. Well, yeah, because he knows they're kicking a team's ass, most likely, if he's in there. Oh, God. He said the same thing about Mullins, right? Oh, Mullins, nobody knows. Nobody knows the Niners playbook like Nick Mullins. He's, he's like he a coach loves, out there he in the loves, field. He, he, loves the, he loves the little engine that could. Because that's who he was in college football when he played. That's him. That's why. Oh, right. He can self-identify with the guy who maybe isn't as physically gifted. Of but, no, he's worse. So in in regards to this, I think he's actually more gifted than Mullins. To me, who Brock Purdy is, is the quarterback who played on the other side of the field today. He's Colt McCoy 2.0. All right. Well, I think we've reached the point of the show where we can wrap it up. Because when we're talking about Brock Purdy, I think we've covered. 
everything from the game, baby Bosa. Please, everybody, continue to rate, review, and follow the Niners Nation Podcast Network. We appreciate everybody leaving your rating and your review. If you're already subscribed, that's awesome. But if you haven't left a review yet, please just take 30 seconds. It makes a big, big difference for us. And shout out to everybody because... We are crushing it this year. We had a down last year. We had a million downloads, more than a million. We have doubled that, more than doubled it this year already. And we have not even gotten to December. And that is a credit to you and all of your support. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you, everybody. Please keep it up. Vish, I think I'm going to credit it mostly to your arrival here on Niners Nation. Oh, I, I really appreciate that, Rob. I, I feel like I feel like I'm the Christian McCaffrey that you added. You know, there we go. Evo, Ayuk, Trent Williams, Kyle Juszczyk that you already had. So it's a team effort. Wow, that was a very veteran, professional answer out of you, Vish. I think you're going to fit in very good in this nine Learn from Nation the best, family. Rob. Learn from the best. <laughs> Thanks again, everybody. Enjoy the rest of your night and enjoy tomorrow, 49ers. NFC West leaders, three seed in the NFC, onward and upward, baby.